eating another living being trapped their entire lives. The idea of me eating that after I had learned in all this research, I just couldn't go back knowing about the environmental impact, the ethical impact, the energetics of what we eat and putting in our body. You have more power over your health than what you've been told. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast. I'm Maya Acosta, and I'm passionate about finding healthy lifestyle solutions to support optimal human health. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase longevity in a big way. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Maya Acosta. Before we meet today's guest, let me tell you about the Tulsa Veg Fest. Now, the reason I'm excited about the Veg Fest is that not only is it happening nearby in Oklahoma, but Dr. Riz and I have been invited to participate. Dr. Riz will be speaking about preventing atherosclerosis, and I'm going to be giving a food demo in Spanish and in English. Now, the Tulsa Veg Fest is a volunteer-run, family-friendly, free-to-the-public annual event, providing resources and information in a fun and festival atmosphere. The event could be considered the largest gathering of 100% plant-based food in Oklahoma. Nearly 5,000 people attended the inaugural Tulsa Veg Fest in 2019 and attracted patrons from all over Northeast Oklahoma and as far away as Dallas, Kansas City, Fayetteville, and beyond. Event attendees hear presentations from notable nutrition experts from Tulsa and around the country, taste plant-based foods, and browse a wide variety of vendors and exhibitors. New in 2022 will be the demonstration stage where attendees can learn practical information on how to bring healthful practices into their daily routine. Tulsa Veg Fest is operated by Plant-Based Green Country, a 501c organization founded in 2018 and based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. These organizations are dedicated to educating and encouraging the public about the many health and planetary benefits of the whole food plant-based lifestyle. To learn more about the Veg Fest, visit TulsaVegFest.org. And I hope to see you there. Okay, let's meet today's guest. Now, Amanda is also part of the Planted Forward Telehealth practice. And like I said, if you've been listening to my previous episodes, you will have learned about Dr. Melissa Mandela, Jackie Tarleton, and Dr. Nicole Harkin, who happens to be a cardiologist. Well, today you're going to meet the registered dietitian that's part of that team. Amanda Sevilla is a registered dietitian, plant-based nutritionist, and yoga teacher living in Southern California. She's also a healthcare and wellness influencer in the internet space. Amanda integrates preventative nutrition and holistic health by implementing a combination of mindfulness, yoga, plant-based nutrition, and intuitive eating. Amanda finished her undergraduate degree in nutrition and dietetics at Loma Linda University and started working as a clinical dietitian shortly afterward. She's also certified in plant-based nutrition through the Center for Nutrition Studies. Through her undergrad, she developed an interest in overall wellness as she traveled to India to learn yoga. She has since gained 500 hours of teaching instruction as a new perspective on true whole health. She is passionate about self-love, development, and empowerment. In her practice, she aims to treat patients while also integrating preventative health with the experience gathered so far. I really enjoyed speaking with Amanda, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, Maya. Thank you for reading that so beautifully. I do want to mention that you're now part of the Plant Forward team that practices telemedicine. That's uh, led by Dr. Melissa Mandela. And I'm going to read actually a little bit from their uh, website so that our listeners can become familiar because this is a, an excellent resource for anyone who's seeking people that are like-minded. Um, so Plantive Forward was founded in 2021 by Dr. Vanessa Mendez, Dr. Melissa Mandela, and Dr. Micah Yu. And they say, we all began practicing traditional medicine in traditional settings. We were expected to heal our patients with a minimum of interaction. As time, we were told, was money. We learned quickly 
that the expected 15 to 20 minute appointments that were reimbursed by insurance were not long enough to get to the root cause of the person's health issues while still providing an entire therapy plan that would heal our patients. So like many of our colleagues, we found our patients not getting better which left us feeling defeated and burned out, dissolution with the practice of medicine. So now they have Plantive Forward, which uses an integrative approach to healthcare delivery, where you work with collaborative team physicians, dietitians, fitness, and health coaches to achieve all of your health goals. And your health is not created in a sterile hospital. Um, at Plantive Forward, we bring you a community of healthcare professionals to focus on all aspects of your health head to toe, mind, body, and soul. And you are part of that team, Amanda. It's such a beautiful work of art that Dr. Mendez and Dr. Mandala have brought into this space and so, so needed. Right now, it is telemedicine. Um, we have providers in New York and in California and in Florida. We're just all over and we're here to give as many people as possible the care that they're truly looking for that's more integrative, that gives them more time and space to focus on their health rather than just take a prescription and leave. So I'm in Dallas and people always ask, you know, do, is there a physician, a plant-based physician in the Dallas area? And I'm like, well, I mean, my husband's a surgeon. He's not a, a primary care physician. So no, that I know of still after all this time. And so I'm always referring people to whoever I know that's practicing telemedicine. And so I really want our listeners to know that you're available as well. And we'll talk about like, what do they need to do to, um, to reach out to you if they want to work directly with you? Um, before we go there, let's talk about you being a YouTube influencer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. You're close to 80,000 uh, followers. Yeah. <laughs> and I went back because I love to study people. So I went all the way back to your first few videos. Oh my gosh, I was a baby. <laughs> I love to see how people grow and how they advance in the in the work that they do. So like that was your first video was about six years ago. But I think the uh, about five years ago, and correct me, you can tell me from there. But about five years ago, you released a video where you shared that you had tried going vegan for a year and you share about your journey. From what I saw, that was posted about five years ago and you talk about how you tried going vegan or you had gone vegan for a year and then you, st you start to tell your story about discovering Freely the Banana Girl and other resources. So yeah, let's start from there if you like of, of how you even discover the plant-based world and what was it like your first year and then we'll pick up from there. We'll pick up from there. So I think this is so timely because yesterday was my vegan anniversary. I like to call it my, my birthday because that's when I started to narrow down like what I believe my life purpose was. Um, it was in college and I didn't really know what to do. I was like, okay, well, I know I want to be in the medical field. Um, I was gunning like a lot of people <laughs> their first couple years of college. I was gunning to go the physician route and I didn't really have a purpose. It was just because my family's always been in the, the medical community, med medical field. So my dad is a pharmaceutical representative. He's known doctors for the longest time. My mom is, um, she's a, a nurse and I have so many family members who are nurses and doctors. So I knew that I wanted to be in the medical field. I thought it was so cool, um, to have that knowledge to just help people in, in their daily life because a lot of most people don't really know exactly what to do in like medical emergencies or just like when they get sick, they usually just like search things up or they call their doctor. So I've always liked the idea of being able to impart, um, like knowledge when it comes to taking care of your body and being your, your body's doctor. So when I found veganism, I was like, okay, this is how I want to teach people how to become more connected to their bodies and to the environment. Like I really, really am enjoying veganism. Um, and so it started off from actually a further back story. So everything, as we know, with life is very interlinked. I, in, in call and on college in high school, I had a history of disordered eating and I actually took off my, I think it was the first semester of my senior year to go to like an outpatient facility where I was, I was there for like five days a week, just doing very intense, um, 
therapy and working on myself and recovering from that eating disorder. And by the time college, by the time I was going to leave to go to college, I, you know, I left with a little bit of a structure. They leave you with, you know, eat this many carbs, this many, this much protein, this many servings of fat per meal to make sure you eat as much as your body needs to stay nourished. Um, but still I was lacking a, a structure, I would say. Um, and so from there I was like bouncing around from different like ways of eating, not for a weight loss or like strict, um, style of eating or anything of the eating disorder, like disordered eating nature, but really just because I felt like I had no structure and I'm like type a, I love to have structure, like plan to like schedules. So my cousin showed me the paleo diet and I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. And I was like, there's no restriction for energy. It's literally just you, you eat specific types of foods and you stay away from other types of foods. Um, and I didn't like it. I did it for a couple months and I started to feel like I needed to eat a lot more. And I noticed myself like revisiting binging tendencies. Um, I would have like cheat days with my friends and we'd go and get ice cream, like all the things that I couldn't have on this way of eating. Um, it was a diet. And one day I was just looking, I was like browsing on the internet and really feeling lost because I wasn't happy with the way that I was eating and the way that I was feeling and the fact that I was constantly thinking about food. And I think it was Pinterest, but I was like, oh, what is this like fruit or like 2000 calorie or whatever day? It was just basically eating copious amounts of fruit and carbohydrates. I'm like, what is this? I was so perplexed. Like, why would anybody do this? And then I go onto YouTube and I search up this person whose name was in the graphic. And I was, I started watching her videos and she was telling people like eat fruit, a lot of fruit, a lot of calories in the morning and afternoon. And then at night, early dinner, have a really, really big, heavy, starchy dinner. And she was like, I feel better than I've ever felt before. I used to be like so slow and sluggish and overweight. And now I'm, I'm healthy. I'm exercising. I'm eating as much as I ever wanted to eat and more. And like, I'm so happy with life. And I was like, this is insane. And this girl has like hundreds of videos and she's been doing this for years. And there are other people who are commenting in the videos who are also doing this thing. Like, I don't believe you. <laughs> that was my first thing. I was like, this is just, this is crazy. And I, I went about it in more of an experimental way because it wouldn't, the idea wouldn't leave my head. I kept thinking about it and I was like, you know, I'll just try it. And if it doesn't work out, which it probably won't, um, I'll just go back to paleo, I guess, since that's the only thing that I have as structure. Well, I went out and got fruit and I was all the way across the country at this point. I was going to college in Boston and it was in the middle of the winter because we just come back from winter break and I brought home a bunch of bananas and melons and berries and apples and oranges and grapes and dates and lettuce and like a big bag of rice. And I was like, I, I'm just going to try it. And I, I loved it. I like, I absolutely loved it. And looking back, I'm pretty sure it was just because I felt that inside I was restricting a lot of really carbohydrate rich foods and my body was just really asking for that. And so I tried it and I loved the idea of eating a lot of food. I like how I felt after eating, um, like just fruits and rice and potatoes and like really good seasonings. And so I did more research on that lifestyle and found that there were doctors advocating for this way of eating, not necessarily like 3000 calories of bananas, but eating plant-based and not eating animals and freely the banana girl, the person who brought me on board to eating this way at first, um, she cited you know, animal cruelty and then the environment. So I went from watching earthlings and I went to Netflix and I actually, when I watched cowspiracy, I had to watch it somewhere else. Cause it wasn't yet on Netflix. One of my, somebody else just like told me about it. So I, I watched cowspiracy and then I learned about Dr. Barnard, um, T. Colin Campbell, Dr. Esselstyn. I learned about, you know, diabetes, heart disease. And I told you about my family in the medical field. 
well, I come from a Filipino background and a lot of people in my culture, um, my family members, my community back home all suffer from these things like gout, hypertension, high cholesterol. And I just thought, you know, this is something that happens when we get older, we take a pill and we complain about it. And then we just go on with our lives. And I realized that like, this is actually this way of eating, um, in a balanced way, of course, that is sustainable is actually preventative and can like reverse these diseases that my whole family has had for the longest time. Um, additionally, you know, the aspect of eating another living being who has been trapped their entire lives. And so living in that state of stress and just packed with other, other people, of their own uh, species and then getting led one day down um, an aisle and then hearing their friends, you know, get killed and having that stress in their bodies because they know it's coming up dying. And then like the idea of me eating that after I had learned in all this research, it was very like roundabout research before I even wanted to tell people, I just couldn't go back knowing about the environmental uh, impact, the ethical impact, the energetics of what we eat and putting in our body. And I know that the quality of food today isn't as good as it was 5,000 years ago or 500 years ago because of the soil depletion and whatnot. But I think that it's about doing as much as we possibly can in a way that's sustainable for us. So I will want to, I do want to add that little nuance. So ethical, environmental, and then health, it all just made sense to me. Um, and Nobody around me, none of my roommates, nobody in um, that I knew of in my area or in school were vegan or close to vegan. They would like sometimes get a grilled cheese and ask if that was vegan. Um, my roommates at that time, bless their hearts, like they got me red velvet cupcakes for my birthday, but that was a month after I had gone vegan and they just didn't know. They didn't know. And I just wanted community. I, um, wanted to feel more connected with people who were like-minded, which is really nice. That's why it's nice to have this podcast and planted forward and even people listening now, like all of you guys and on social media. Um, it, it's a beautiful thing to feel like what you're now passionate about is like the normal. So that's what I sought and that's what I got. And I got a lot of meal ideas. I felt more confident day after day, seeing everybody else on that social media space on Instagram post the same things. I was like, it just felt like I was in a community and I felt comfortable. And I was watching a lot of YouTube videos. And for some reason, I was just like, you know, this looks like fun. Like, I think I could do something like this. <laughs> and so I used my laptop. I used, um, what is it? The photo booth video. And I was just like, Hey guys, like this is my first video <laughs> and I'm laughing because I'm thinking about it now. And I had no idea what it would have, what it would bring me. And I just feel so grateful for the, like the leap of faith, I guess that I took, even though I didn't know it was going to be what it ended up being. And I ended up making that channel just about normalizing veganism, sharing my life, um, what I eat, how I move my thoughts on the social space. And it gathered a lot of people who either thought the same way as me or were interested in that, or who maybe were kind of peeking into that way of living, but weren't really sure because nobody else around them had that. And so that's, that's kind of where it started. And I just like, shared pretty much everything of my life because I thought, you know, if this is something that I wanted to do and there wasn't a lot of community around me to support myself, I'm sure that there are plenty other people who could benefit from the same thing. And I, I was right. It was a combination for me of having found the book, The Start Solution by Dr. John McDougall at a um, Whole Foods, and then discovering the banana girl but it didn't take long. Once I heard her, I like went overnight. I, I don't know how many videos I watched before I went overnight, but I'm sure it was like, what? I stopped. I remember it was recommended on YouTube. I watched it and then I kept watching a video and I kept watching another video. And at that time she was doing a lot of like, and she would say, look at so-and-so and what she eats and cookies and milk or whatever, and go to her and tell her. And it, you know, she was a little aggressive about that. And so I literally went overnight 
And then I didn't know what to eat after that because I didn't put anything in place. And this is where I want to continue to talk to you, especially with your experience as a dietitian. So I remember that at that time, that inner circle that she had, she would try to get a lot of people to create YouTube channels so that the word could get out. I don't know if you knew that, like that vegan couple and um, Joey Carbstrong and a lot of those people, right? She was like, you know, we got to make these channels and we got to get the word out. So it's like you started around that time as well, I think. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, in that same year, when I went overnight, I was traveling a lot. And so I didn't have anything in place, which what I'm doing now with my podcast, aside from interviews, is I'm giving steps of, you know, telling people how they can prepare for that transition. So giving people the tools that they need, because I didn't have those. I literally was only eating like pasta everywhere we went. Like my focus was like, don't eat animals. And then uh, a year into it, I said to my husband, I don't think I'm eating very healthy because I could tell I wasn't eating a lot of greens. I wasn't eating like the healthy stuff that Dr. McDougall would talk about, like sweet potatoes and beets and all of that. Um so now I'm curious how you then decided to move forward. You have a background where people are kind of in the healthcare field. And um, and you talked about maybe your interest in in going into medicine. Did you feel the pressure? Because I'm an immigrant, my my but we came as a when I was very young. I knew my parents had expectations of me, but but they weren't very high. They were just like, you have to get an education, you have to have a career. Did you feel any pressure because of your family history to go into medicine? And then how did you enter the the world of dietetics? I love that question so much. Um, so yeah, my, my parents also immigrants and a lot of immigrant parents. It's like a pattern to have high expectations for their kids because they're like, I, my life's work was to bring you here. Now you go forth and do the things that I would have done if I like had money in our home state and all that. Um, and a lot of people have asked me if I, like my parents wanted me to do it. And it was one of those things that I didn't really want to, but I was just doing it. I think it's a, my first instinct is to say no, but at the same time, I think that a big part of it was just my conditioning growing up. If I grew up in a household of artists, I think I would have sought out a way to use art to help heal other people because I've always had some kind of like healing bone in my body. As a kid, I would pretend to like be not just a vet, but like a magical like witch vet. <laughs> animals outside. I would like pretend to make little potions. Um, and I went on medical missions with my dad from when I was young, we would just like hop the border, um, legally of course, and go to, um, some missionaries or monasteries. And we would like, I mean, I wouldn't do anything as a kid. I would kind of just stand there and watch, but doctors would go and spend their time and their money and their knowledge to share with people who don't even, they don't, have a primary care doctor. They can't afford that over there. And I thought that it was such a beautiful thing again, to just be able to impart that knowledge to someone and a couple percentages of their life is back or like it, it feels a little bit better just to be able to exchange knowledge and words. And so that is the, I would say that's what drove me um, more, more so just like helping other people. And again, because of my conditioning and the structure of my family and where their focus was, it just happened to be medical field medicine, but, um, they had never really pressured me to be a physician. They didn't sit me down and say like, we're going to apply to this college and then you're going to study for the MCAT on this day. And then you're going to take the test. They were very much just like, yeah, you do what you want to do. Oh, it's great that you want to be a doctor. Okay, good, good. Um, cause my, my siblings, they just did what they wanted to do <laughs> anyway. And I'm the youngest of four. So I'm sure that they were exhausted by then. And they realized that they couldn't control their kids, even though they took care of them, birthed them, raised them, all that stuff. Um, and so it was, it was purely just encouragement. And the fact that my dad was always talking about how he has resources. And if he, uh, if I want to talk to people, he can connect me to some of his colleagues. So that was that was like the extent of the pressure in that, in that area. And when it comes to dietetics, so dietetics is actually very linked to my 
my vegan story. Um, I was on the road to already becoming or like trying to become a physician when I found veganism. And I thought like, okay, well, if I'm going to be sharing with people the benefits of a plant-based diet that I know is okay to do, because I've seen a lot of work from doctors who've already been making their moves with patients and like writing books and making courses. So I know that that is a valid thing, but I think I would feel comfortable. And I think it would be really interesting for me to study nutrition as my undergraduate. So I I didn't love biology. I didn't love chemistry. I did like science, but I wasn't like, you know, I want to major in biology type of love. (laughs) And I was kind of confused on what to major in. So this came along and I thought, okay, perfect nutrition. This is awesome. It's kind of unique. Like not a lot of nutrition majors go into um, applying for med school. And so I thought that would be really great to put on my resume for being honest here. Um, But also I would love to have had the foundational knowledge of nutrition. If I'm going to talk to patients and tell them about a plant-based diet, because it it just creates more, um, what would would that be like ethos? So it would help them feel more comfortable. The fact that like, I'm not just a doctor who received like 20 credit hours during med school talking about a diet. I'm like also a dietitian. Um, and interestingly about being a dietitian, I actually never planned to be a dietitian. I just wanted to, um, major in nutrition, but I was also feeling homesick. So I, I'm the youngest of, of four kids and they were all getting married and having kids. I was really having FOMO, fear of missing out. And so I moved back down um, to California from Boston. I found a program that was near my house, but not too close, but you know, driving distance. So I applied to Loma Linda and it happened to be a coordinated program, meaning all my internship hours that I would need to sit down and take the board test were included within my lab hours and in my off quarters. So I graduated and I was like, okay, I did all this. Like, I might as well just take the RD test. I don't have to work as a dietitian, but I'm already here. I'm just going to do it. And then, I mean, it's almost as if little stepping stones were placed in front of me, just like, here's your next thing. Okay. Don't think about anything else. Just do this. And like each one that I stepped on brought another stepping stone. So yeah, that's, that's how I got into dietetics. It's all just like one big, one long trail, I would say. That's wonderful because you had the opportunity to come back and spend time with your family while you're building this career. How did you meet uh, Dr. Melissa Mandela? Was it at Loma Linda as well? You know, also people have asked me that. And surprisingly, no, we we didn't meet through Loma Linda at all. I think when she finished her residency there, because she finished a residency at Loma Linda, I... She finished and then I matriculated into the nutrition program. So we just kind of barely missed each other. Um, I actually met her through social media. I, um, it's just doctors in the plant-based space. I saw her page and I was like, Oh my gosh, this doctor is, she's so cute. She's, she's Pinay. She's Filipina like me. Um, she's plant-based. She's a physician. She's into mental health because she also has, um, background in psychiatry as well. And so I just connected with her and consequently her husband, Micah. And then she and I, we established a relationship very quickly. She's so sweet. So funny. We can talk on the phone for like 45 minutes, an hour. Um, and she just introduced me to Dr. Mendez and a few other physicians in this plant-based space as well. And, um, yeah, it's just been going beautifully from there. It was all just chance, but social media for sure. I want to say that we also met her through social media. And then when we flew to San Diego, 2018, the Plantrition Conference that took place there, we finally met up. I remember thinking, wow, she's so wonderful. Her spirit and her energy, it just comes across even in person. So now you go into your studies with certain information, right? You're vegan. This is what you believe. You know that you can prevent and reverse certain conditions with the proper nutrition. So what did you learn? in school that you saw, you thought, whoa, that's like misinformation or those continue to be myths that are taught this to us dietitians. Oh my gosh. Um, so many. <laughs> so the first and biggest thing I think would just be that we aren't even taught about the lobbying. There's a lot of lobbying done in the background with like the USDA and our guidelines and regulations, we're not really taught that. And so a lot of the information actually that I learned 
regarding nutrition that I teach now. So like holistic, plant-based, evidence-based, of course, I had to do as my own enrichment because what they were teaching us in class, while yes, yes, it was important to know um, tube feeding and different kinds of different like caloric needs for if you have a wound injury, it kind of, it didn't really teach me what I wanted to know. Um, they also taught about dairy. We at Loma Linda, uh, so Loma Linda is a vegetarian campus. And so, so they're seventh day Adventists. And they're also, Loma Linda is a very, very small city in California. And it is one of the five blue zones in the world. And, and I, I can attest to that. I used to go to the gym in the morning and there were these like 70, 80 year olds just working out and talking. Like I wasn't even, I was barely awake and they were just on the elliptical. I remember one of them, I I befriended and he, he was like, let's, let's do a race on the elliptical. And I was like, are you sure? Like, why are you asking me? I'm, I'm going to beat you, but he beat me. The elliptical is really hard on the hard resistance. He was just going. So, so they got something right there, but they actually do eat a lot of dairy, um, and add like cheese and milk. And I felt that was really frustrating because we had older, I would say professors who weren't quite open to eating completely plant-based. They thought that dairy was healthy and needed, um, but there were also younger professors who had their doctorate degrees who were f- like whole food plant-based because they'd learned the science that was new and coming out. So I think the stuff that I didn't really appreciate or that I didn't really agree with was just because it was like older teachers teaching older lessons, um, not really keeping in touch with the newer science coming out. Um, and so I would say those are the, that, that's like the main thing when it comes to learning things that I didn't really agree with when it came to like my education. But I would say more predominant um, in terms of like having any issues with what I was learning as a nutrition, as a dietitian. Um, I just wish that they added more preventative health in the curriculum rather than just talking about like the guidelines and this is what you should do. A lot of the stuff that I do now, like I told you, it was all self-learning because it, it's just something that I felt was missing. So I will say that about um, like a nutrition education, at least where I went to, it, it is very, it, it covers a lot of the bases when it comes to the clinical side and also the food, <laughs> the food business side as well. We had to like learn how to make our own food business or like a restaurant or something like that. And so that went really in depth, but not necessarily what I wanted to know. So that was like probably my only qualm with it. Right. It's sort of like the physicians and the health coaches that all kind of are self-taught in nutrition because the schools do not really teach that. So I would love to hear about your trip to India. Um, please tell us how you even made it there. How long were you in India? You say you studied yoga and also is Ayurveda coming from the same place or is that something that you adopted later on? So everything that I'm passionate about in my life has, it's all interconnected and it all started with that disconnect that I had from myself when I was in high school and I fell into an eating disorder because I found veganism and then I found like nutrition and so also yoga and Ayurveda. So it's, it's all connected. And I love that you brought that distinction out. Like if it, is it separate or is it together? It's totally all connected. So I have actually, I've had, um, I would say a spiritual mindset for a a long time. So before I even went vegan, I was into yoga. I practiced yoga at like an older yoga studio with my sister. She brought me along when I was in elementary. She'd like taught me the alignment of warriors one and two. And I went kind of, I didn't go a lot, but I went frequently um, to yoga studio locally in high school and throughout college. I would practice yoga every now and then just like following a free YouTube video. And I, I've loved it. Um, I have a background of like athletics in high school as well. I was in swim and cross country. So I knew that it was important to get some stretching recovery and also strengthening of muscles, um, in order to have good athletic performance. 
And yoga was just something that I physically enjoyed doing. And I thought that the philosophy was really awesome. Um, in high school, I also like read spiritual books. I read like Buddhist books, um, Thich Nhat Hanh. I bought Be Here Now by Ram Das, And for, I don't, I just, I opened the book and I was like, oh, this is really nice. I want to get it. And I, so I grew up Roman Catholic and I'm not denouncing the Catholic faith, but it was just something that was completely different from what I was taught. And I was just very open to it. I love the teachings. I love that it was all about union and love and kindness and forgiveness. And I love that philosophy of yoga. So throughout my undergraduate degree, I would practice yoga like every other day in the morning before class. And it felt really good. And I loved like the chanting and what the teachers were saying during the class. And I gave myself a big lofty goal. Like, you know what, after I'm going to save up and after I graduate college, I'm going to go to India to do yoga teacher training. And that was also inspired by people that I saw on YouTube. Cause I know I wanted to do a yoga teacher training And after I'd gone vegan and watched a lot of YouTube videos, I saw some influencers who made YouTube videos as well. Um, One of them that I felt really connected to, she went to the the school that I ended up going to. And I was like, well, this is, this is perfect because she shared it and I don't have to do any picking because there's so many yoga schools in India that we could go to. And I just chose that one. Like I'm one of those people who would rather wear the same thing every day for to save the effort in choosing something. So I went there um, after I graduated and I didn't have the intention of teaching yoga. And I still wholeheartedly believe that I am going to be like a student for life. I think that I lead yoga classes. I don't necessarily teach. I just, I'm there. I show up, I hold space. I say words, people make shapes, and then we all, we all go home. Um, so I went to, I went there for my yoga teacher training. It was such a beautiful experience. So I went to the Rishikesh Vinyasa yoga school and it's in Rishikesh in India. So Rishikesh is like a, it is, I would equate it as like the Vatican for Hinduism. And I didn't know, I just knew that it was like, oh, it's a pretty city. They call it the holy city. It's on the Ganga river. But when I went to one of the temples at one of the puja, the fire ceremonies, um, one evening, I saw a few people. They were like, they're from India. They're FaceTiming their families, just showing them like, oh, look, it's it's so beautiful. I'm here. And I realized like, wow, this is a big deal that I'm here. I thought I just chose somewhere random that didn't really have a super huge significance. And from there, I felt like so grateful and blessed that I had, again, followed. I'd stepped on another stepping stone to get to this wonderful place that I was so grateful to be in. And I learned about the tenets, the philosophy, just the beauty of yoga beyond what we see on Instagram, those really, really difficult postures, the handstands, the backbends. I learned how equally or even more beautiful and difficult it can be to just sit down in one posture for like 10 minutes. Like sit down, cross your legs and just breathe and like slow your breath. Like I learned how difficult that could be, but also how beneficial that was. So really, I really enjoyed that. I really felt like I was tapping into something that I've been wanting to tap into for a long time, which is very gratifying for just anybody who's like looking into a new hobby. And in yoga teacher trainings, one of the like sections is to learn a little bit like the foundation of Ayurveda. So for people who are new, Ayurveda is one of the world's most ancient healing systems. It is originating over 5,000 years and its origins are in India. Ayurveda, so Ayur and Veda together literally means the science of life. And it is the sister science to yoga. So yoga and Ayurveda together have originated in the same area around the same time, and they're both used together for healing. Um, And so we were supposed to learn about Ayurveda. And so an Ayurvedic doctor, because in India, they are actually doctors who study. So like here we have allopathy, that's med school. In, In India, there's allopathy med school, and then there's Ayurvedic med school, and they're both equally as important and, and big. So he came and he taught about the elements and just the basics of Ayurveda. And I thought, yeah, this is like so interesting. This is beautiful and something that I would want to study after everything else that I do. 
So it's, it's always been like tabbed in my mind as something that I want to get into just because it seems like it would round out everything that I've already set forth and that everything that I believe in. Um, and so yeah, I, I came back from India and I actually loved it so much that I booked another trip to that same school for another 300 hours to get like an advanced training and went there again and had the Ayurvedic doctor. It was a different doctor, but you know, same, um, principles and they taught again. And it was just another reminder, like, okay, that's just, this is definitely something that I want to learn when I'm done with everything <laughs> that, that I'm doing at the moment. And so that's where it all came from. It was like, it was together, but it definitely took a lot of, um, I would say self discovering and looking past or, breaking through my own limiting beliefs to actually allow myself to pursue Ayurveda when I felt like it. I can't say that I know much about Ayurveda, like I've actually have seen a practitioner because I haven't. But basically, my understanding from it is that you also work with a person's energy in terms of what foods are best for their energy. Right, right. So Ayurveda believes that every person is a unique person who is born with their specific body constitution and their energies are displaced um, very uniquely and differently. So it doesn't mean it's wrong or right. It's just we're all unique. We're all different. However, changes or incompatible styles of our life, diet, and environment can cause that imbalance within us, which leads to disease. So in Ayurveda, disease is the result of an imbalance of the tissues and energies and like even the waste products that we have. So um, the point of Ayurveda, well, the first, there's, there's two main goals. The first goal is to keep a healthy person healthy, preventative health what I've been absolutely gunning for, what I love, what I like to share with other people. That's the first part of Ayurveda, just preventative health from, from pregnancy to birth, to childhood, to um, teenagehood, to adulthood and beyond, just keeping everything healthy and smooth. And then the second part of it is bringing that imbalance, if there are imbalances, back into balance by using body-mind medicine. So yes, what you eat is very important. And they talk about the different foods that can bring the imbalances back into balance. Say your imbalance is like, because you feel like you're overheating all the time. So in order to rebalance that, instead of giving you hot chili peppers, we would give you cucumbers and cantaloupes and um, more liquid and maybe taking cooler showers. So things like that. So there's food and then there's also yoga. So different types of yoga can be either healing, heating or cooling. Um, heating would be the more dynamic postures, the jump throughs, the planks, push-ups and stuff and cooling are just restorative, relax, breathe slowly. Um, so that's, that's the basic philosophy of it is keeping a healthy person healthy and healing an unhealthy person by bringing their imbalances back into balance with food, with movement, with breathing and, um, and mindset too. That's a big one. I see how you very early on had all this interest in healing and yet you have really move towards that as you go through your own journey for your own self or your own wellness have created this program and this approach to help people. Going back to that, to your content on your YouTube channel, first of all, how, how long did it take for you to build such a following? And how did you gain your followers? Who are they? Where are they? Do you ever hear from them where they're living? Actually, with YouTube, I've taken a pretty long break because after a while I started to feel like it was draining me more than it was bringing me energy and vitality and like basically more than I was enjoying it. But when I was using it as a modality of sharing and like spreading more wellness, um, that's relatable. So I would say like relatable wellness. Um, I think it took me like I would say three, maybe four years of posting consistency, consistently connecting with people to garner that audience that I have. And I, so the people who follow like the demographic of people in the community that I've created along with the communities that I'm in are all like, they're a bit younger, maybe like anywhere between college to 30 years old, I would say is like the majority of them. And they're all interested in, I would say overall health, 
but deep down, like reconnecting with themselves or connecting to something, giving meaning to things that are mundane, like eating. Like these are people who want, we're interested in having a deeper connection with their food. So like veganism, having that connection that if they're eating better, then they're also feeling themselves better and they're preventing diseases that they've seen in their families, or maybe that they see just like on TV or in the news, or maybe they want to be vegan because they want to feel more connected to the earth. Everybody's trying to recycle and use less water and compost, but what about what we're eating? So kind of giving meaning to that. And so the people who we're looking to do, to give more meaning to like the mundane tasks in their lives, mundane things that they do, um, and who gravitate towards eating and living better are also people who are most likely going to find my channel just like, Oh, what do you eat as a vegan? And speaking of those videos, I wanted to add from a topic that we kind of passed in this conversation, but just having the steps to move forward from, watching the video going overnight and then not knowing what to do. So I actually watched like a few hours worth of YouTube videos and they were all like what I eat in a day, vegan videos to get good ideas of what to eat so that I could move past that one or two weeks that I had planned. Um, and that's something that I just recommend to everybody. And that's why I continue to make them because I knew how helpful they were for me. And I wanted to just share that to as many people as possible. And, um, it was really cool because in, in 2016, 2017, when my YouTube channel was growing a little bit more, I went to a lot more local vegan events in Los Angeles. So I was able to meet a lot of people in my community, um, followers as well as creators. So I have a few friends now, um, and I can actually call them like my real in real life friends because of social media. And I think that it's, such a beautiful gift. I mean, we demonize social media so much and I myself am working really hard to heal my relationship with social media because I think we all know that there's bad to it, but we don't really talk about the good of it in a very sincere way. But the good parts of it are that people like you and I get to connect our listeners, the people listening right now get to hear a different perspective of somebody who's also gone through it. Um, Dr. Mandala, Dr. Mendez, all the other providers with Planted Forward. It's like we got, we got to create this community out of thin air, like literally out of thin air. And it's just because we'd set our minds to live a specific way and to follow a specific um, guideline of morals and values. And so even now, um, one of my best friends, like she's going to be in my wedding best friends. I met at one of the vegan festivals and she recognized me because she's watching my YouTube videos. So (laughs) it's a very rare connection. Um, but it happens and I am just so grateful for that opportunity and to have even that practice of like speaking in front of a camera um, cause apparently, I mean, I didn't know that it was a really hard thing to do, not hard, but it's just uncomfortable, but I pushed past that discomfort in my first couple of videos. And now I can hear my voice. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's my voice where a lot of people I'm sure you can agree to, or maybe relate in the beginning. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I sound like. Oh, I can't hear it. I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> You're offering the support to a younger population of mainly probably women, because in general, we learn a lot from each other. Um, and yet you have so much wisdom to share, which is amazing. I just really am so excited about uh, what you're doing, your channel, uh, working with Planted Forward and providing this. Um, now, um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners or anything else that's coming up for you? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. So... <laughs> about my own practice. So I am a, I would say a unique dietitian. There are a lot of unique dietitians as myself, but my approach to nutrition and healthy eating isn't calorie-based. It's not macro-based, although I have the a strong foundation of what those things are. I am more interested in intuitive eating. And so that is a way for you to, I mean, it's it is what it sounds like, just eating intuitively, eating according to your body. But that's not just eating, you know, only when you're hungry and full, but also eating according to external wisdom. Like, okay, well, I, I'm going to be on a plane for the next three hours. I'm not hungry now, but I know I will be. And with, you know, everything happening, it'd probably be safer for me to eat a little something. So 
having that knowledge and really utilizing like body wisdom in order to nourish ourselves versus external. So that's mainly um, my style of nutrition counseling. And I am available to work with you via planted forward. And so even though I am very much an advocate of intuitive eating at the same time, I also am an advocate of plant-based nutrition because I know that what's good for our mind is also going to be good for our bodies and vice versa. And so, yes, right now I am just seeing patients via planted forward and you can check out the website planted forward and see where, um, and you can see which states I'm offering my services to because there's like a handful of states that I do um, offer my services via telemedicine. So we could talk to each other in the comfort of your kitchen, of your bedroom. I talk to some people and they have blankets around them. So it's very comfortable. It's very, very down to earth, very easy. Um, and as for other programs, I currently have an offering for custom meal plans. So I can create a custom meal plan according to what your needs are. Say you're looking to like, you just want to prep something because you're always busy and you're always getting takeout food and you don't have a lot of time, or you're trying to gain muscle or maybe lose a little bit of weight. So whatever it is that can be inputted into a custom meal plan. So it's more like a template for you to have a good idea of the things that you can eat and feel more comfortable with eating plant-based knowing that a dietitian has curated these meals. So you're not just only eating pasta, um, but a lot of other things to round it out. And I also, along with that, have other meal plans. They're not custom, but they're set for, I have a stress and anxiety meal plan, which is filled with a lot of nutrients that help calm stress and anxiety, like physically. Um, a high protein meal plan for those of you looking to know even what a high protein vegan meal looks like and a one pan meal plan. So just a lot of those one-off meal plans you can find on my website. Yes, that's wonderful. Meal planning is so important. And just like you said, I wasn't prepared that first year. So my goal is to help my listeners be prepared and gather resources from you and wherever, whatever works best for them, because that's how we make this way of living sustainable, right? I like the idea that you can also customize for other people. Um, is there anything else coming up for you? And would you like, I'm going to put all your links in our show notes. So your YouTube channel, your social media. Well, Amanda, this has been wonderful. I'm so glad that I've got to, you know, I got to know you a little bit and I'm learning about um, what you have to offer for people out there. And um, this has been wonderful. Good luck if you continue with your, with your um, YouTube channel and any endeavors that you are, are working on. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me, Maya. This was great. I absolutely loved going down memory lane with you and going back to the roots and bringing it back up for my seventh vegan birthday. <laughs> it was really great. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to spread our message. Thanks for listening.